0: watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy. Well, here's our chance to give it a try. We're repodcasting. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special live episode of Repodcasting. Thank you for being here. So I just want to start off with a land acknowledgement. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge that we live, work, and play on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, Siksika, Gainai, and Pikani, as well as the Tsutina, the Stoney Nakoda Nations, the Métis Nation Region 3, and all people who make their homes in the Treaty 7 region of Southern Alberta. We are grateful to have the opportunity to continue sharing stories from this place, and we recognize our responsibility to acknowledge and amplify voices from these lands. So, Today, we are recasting the 1996 sci-fi comedy based on Topps trading cards, Mars Attacks. My co-host, Adam, he chose this movie for today. So do you want to tell us what made you think (laughs) of this?
1: Yeah, um, I think it was the opportunity came up to be on this show and recast something. And it was like, what about something Calgary Expo related? Mars Attacks is something that I have like sort of a weird history with, I think everybody kind of does. Like I was probably about 10 when this movie came out. I was really into movies. I had seen, we'll probably talk about this later, but like Independence Day came out the same time. So I was really into like sci-fi-ish, like aliens attacking kind of thing. And then this comes out and I don't know, I would have been 10, so I don't know if I would have seen in the theaters, maybe like on video the next year. And I was like, I hated it. I was like, this is terrible. It's not funny. It's so weird. I don't like it at all. (laughs) Um, And then over the years, I kind of learned what camp was and what like why silly movies can be good and be funny. And so I probably watched it like 10 years ago and I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. And then when we decided to do it for this show, I watched it again and I was like, this is a pretty good movie now. Like I I actually really enjoyed it. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited to to chat here with it.
0: Mm -hmm. I think it's been unfairly maligned. Because, like you mentioned, it came out around the same time as Independence Day. I think it was, like, six months later. And Independence Day was the highest-grossing movie of 1996. And so then with this coming out shortly after, a lot of people felt like they were making fun of Independence Day. And that was a movie that, like, people really loved. So they were mad at it to begin with and really didn't give it a chance and and didn't really, I don't know, didn't see it as the camp that it was, maybe.
1: Yeah. I, I read some stuff about Independence Day and this and how, like, There was obviously no overlap, really, because they came out so close after. It wasn't like Mars Attacks was spoofing Independence Day, but it felt totally like it was. But, like, two things sort of happened. Like, the Independence Day writers didn't have the name. They didn't know what the movie was called, and they heard that Tim Burton was making Mars Attacks, and they were like, oh, crap, we got to, like, rush and get this movie out, (laughs) Um, and what are we going to do? And then so the distributors or the producers were like, what about around July 4th? That's, like, a perfect time. And they're like, okay then the name of the movie is Independence Day. That's what we'll call it. And so that's how that happened. So like this movie indirectly caused the name of Independence Day kind of. That's So there's some weird things that happen between those two movies.
0: Okay. Um, Well, actually, before we move on, does anybody know there's one other movie that was based off of Topps Trading Cards? Does anybody have a guess as to what that might be? You got it. (laughs) It's Garbage Pail Kids. Yeah. So at the end, come up and I'll give you a prize. prize? prize? Yeah.
1: At At the end.
0: At the end, just come on up and I'll give you a prize. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's fantastic. That's the one. Um, so the budget for this movie it was eighty million dollars, which, like at the time, I should have done the conversion, but like that's massive uh, mm-hmm. for a nineteen ninety six movie. And you know, Tim Burton had had hits already, Batman and Batman Returns, and I think Nightmare Before Christmas had already come out as well. So he pretty much had a blank check, and he managed to get quite the budget for this. And in fact, he was trying to do the Aliens in stop motion. But then when they came up with the budget for that, the studio said, we got to draw the line somewhere. So they ended up being CGI. And it was actually Industrial Light and Magic that did the CGI Martians. And they purposely made them look kind of like janky so that they would look kind of like what Tim Burton wanted. And so anyway, so then the box office, the worldwide box office for the movie was $101.4 million. Which sounds like it made money, but the budgets never consider marketing. So at the end of the day, I think it actually lost some money, unfortunately. So we'll be recasting five different roles from this movie, starting with the President James Dale slash Art Land role which is Jack Nicholson uh, he was playing two roles if you've seen the movie I'm sure you realize that they're both him <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we'll also be recasting Marsha Dale the first lady played by Glenn Close Barbara Land played by Annette Benning, perfectly <laughs> Donald Kessler played by Pierce Brosnan and Natalie Lake played by Sarah Jessica Parker so um, we'll just jump right into the recasting oh sorry no we won't uh, do you want to give a little film synopsis? <laughs> yeah, there's not
1: much to give for this movie. It's aliens come and land on Earth, and nobody knows why they're there. And they trans—they have, like, some some scientist can translate their noises into English somehow. And he brings this little box, and they say, we come in peace. And everybody's like, oh, wow, great. This is amazing. And then they just start vaporizing everyone, <laughs> like, killing everybody. Like, Michael J. Fox dies in the first five minutes, like, all these famous people just get obliterated right away. <laughs> and then from then on, it's just kind of like this ride of aliens destroying stuff. And then the president deciding what they should do kind of thing. Yeah, there's not much of a plot. It's just a lot of really good actors in little bit roles just kind of trying to figure out what's happening and save themselves for the movie. <laughs> yeah. And Is that fair? Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure.
0: In the opening credits, there's 22 names that like show up. Seven of those survive. Out of twenty two like yeah. this is a a really interesting movie like it's so different from any big budget Hollywood movie, which is kind of what makes it great um okay, so Adam, do you want to start with your uh, yeah sure president um Dave?
1: this was really hard one of the reasons I chose this movie was because there's so many people in this movie I was like it's gonna be fun picking all the people and so I watched it and I had like Almost all 22 names, I was like, I got awesome people for all these. And then Lucy was like, we can't do that. That's too long. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so now i got to narrow it down to five. But there were so many good ones. But so, yeah, the first person we're recasting is Jack Nicholson, President James Dale, also a C.D. sort of, I don't know, grifter, hotel owner in Vegas. He plays both roles. So it had to be somebody who could play both. I went back and forth with a couple people, but I ended with Kurt Russell.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I just think... Kurt Russell has the the presidential look and he can, like, hold it. Like, he can hold that presidential thing. But he can play really silly, like, used cars or Big Trouble Little China, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You needed somebody who could play that, like, staunch, like, almost like America's father figure. Um, but then also, like, a totally silly, wacky, outlandish person. And I also yeah. love Kurt Russell in absolutely everything, so.
0: For sure. I actually, I really love that pick. I went in a bit of a different direction. I feel like there weren't enough comedic actors in the movie. Like, I know that it's not a broad comedy, but I still felt like having Jack Nicholson try to be funny was painful. Mm -hmm. So I went with a king of multiple roles in a movie, Eddie Murphy.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's a good one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, we've seen him do many roles in like every movie he's in pretty much lately he would have been a bit young at the time but he was on such a hot streak too like throughout the 80s throughout the 90s he was still making lots of movies and like still making money um at his movies and so I still feel like he would have been like enough of a big name enough of like people would buy it and he would have been hilarious
1: yeah that's a really good pick yeah Yeah. okay so then my sure. other choice I had for this that I was kind of coming down to is was Denzel Washington, oh. just because I really want to see him do a comedy. Like yeah. he doesn't do a lot of comedies. I think it'd be fun to see him because he's like one of the best actors ever. right. And he could be presidential easily, but yeah. I want to see him try to do that other role. But that
0: would be interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like Eddie.
0: Okay. the next one is Marsha Dale, Glenn Close's character.
1: All right, Marsha Dale, first lady. I thought it had to be somebody who was ki- could be kind of regal. And she's a little stuck up and, like, a little prissy, maybe. And just, like, she doesn't have a big role in the movie. Um, no. But she's kind of there. She looks really nice. She looks really put together. Um, has some, some funny things, sort of, like, straight man kind of funny stuff. Yeah. So I went with Karen Parsons, who nice. plays who you might know as Hillary from Fresh Prince. <laughs> mostly for the outfits, I think. <laughs> that was, like, the main draw for me. Um, but she could totally play that, like, first lady, especially at this time. Maybe a little after. um, I think 96 was when Fresh Prince was ending. Right. Um, She was maybe a little young. So maybe like a few years later, Karen Parsons would work perfectly. But I think she would have been an awesome first lady.
0: That's very cool. I love that you used the word regal because that was the word that I was focused on, too, in casting this role. Um, So I went with Angela Bassett, who I think is the most regal probably ever. (laughs) Um, She had also played Eddie Murphy's love interest the year before in the movie Vampire in Brooklyn. So we know they have chemistry. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I thought that it would be kind of fun to see her in that role. It would um, just be
1: sad to have Angela Bassett in only, like, two minutes of the movie. I know.
0: It, well, it was a waste of Glenn <laughs> Close, as it was. It was. Yeah, it's true.
1: Yeah. Everybody was kind of wasted in a movie I when know. it's like this.
0: Yeah. I mean, Danny DeVito is, I think, third build. Yeah. And he's in the movie for 90 seconds. He
1: doesn't even have a name.
0: No. His character is called, like, Rude Gambler or something <laughs> <Yeah>. like that.
1: <laughs> I heard that when Tim Burton was writing this, he had 63 main characters in the film. Yeah. And they narrowed it down to 22. <laughs> and then they're all like amazing actors. So. Yeah. Crazy. Y- you
0: couldn't even have a movie with 63 main characters. <laughs> no. That's bananas. Um, okay. So then the next role that we're casting is Barbara Land, played by Annette Benning.
1: All right. Barbara Land. Yeah. So Barbara Land is this like hippie, dippy wife, sort of wife, ex-wife. I don't know. Some wife of the, the um, hotel owner, Jack Nicholson. Um, and she's just, like, into rocks and, like, is up meditating while the aliens land. And it's just like, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> what a great thing. So I went with someone. It would be more recent casting okay. of this person, not, like, a 96 version of them. Okay. But I went with Janelle Monet. Oh. <laughs> I think her work in, like, Glass Onion definitely brought her to the to my mind when it comes to, like, this type of character. She plays that kind of, like, floaty but, like, like, in, super interesting and, and, like, energetic character, mm-hmm. um, I think she would kill it in this role.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. I love, love, love Annette Benning. I think she's, like, one of the best actors of all time. And I think that seeing her play Barbara Land when she first came up on screen, I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. Like, it's not really, like, her typical character but she ended up doing it so perfectly that I was actually kind of like angry about recasting her (laughs) but uh, so I decided to pick somebody who would have played it completely differently because I didn't want to be comparing them in my head so I went with Jennifer Coolidge (laughs) (laughs) so uh, she's so fun so funny so smart so great Now, at this point in 1996, she was still a few years away from her big break as Stifler's mom in American Pie. That was Mm -hmm. 1999. But she was a steadily working actor at the time. Like, she was in tons of stuff throughout 96, 97, 98, but just really small roles. So she would have definitely been, like, the least known person if she had been cast at the time. But she would have been perfect.
1: Yeah, I like that one, too. I could have seen her as Sarah Jessica Parker's character a little bit, too. Yes. Like, maybe... Maybe a little later see. in her, yeah, in yeah, her career,
0: definitely, yeah, um, yeah. So then the next role that we're recasting is Professor Donald Kessler, played by Pierce Brosnan.
1: Yeah, so I mean, this was when Pierce Brosnan was James Bond. Yep. Um, around that time, and it's a he's a British guy, obviously. So I was like, we kind of got to keep it in that realm, um, is what I thought. And it's some he plays it really straight. There's no comedy in his role. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked someone who is mostly comedic, but I think could play it straight and still be funny with it. And I went with Richard Wadi. oh yes, um, as Donald <laughs> Kessler. He's you might know him from the IT Crowd or other things. I'm trying to think what else. Travel Man. Travel Man and like that movie with Ben Stiller where they're in the Burbs doing something. Okay. The Watch, something oh, like that. Okay. Um, anyways, he's he's a super funny comedian, super dry and uh, really stoic, I guess. But he could hold that pipe. He could play that sort of um, scientific British, I don't know, like really interesting character that you want to know more about, um, but you don't really get to. He just kind of gets what is he gets like kidnapped by the aliens and and yeah. disembodied and then they, like experiment yeah on experimenting him. <laughs> with him so yeah. um yeah i think he would be awesome for that role
0: very good pick i like that a lot um i went in a really different direction but yeah i also felt like pierce brosnan played it too straight, um, so I mm. wanted somebody who, you know, can be funny. But I also wanted someone who like, I think is suave and handsome because, you know, he's very flirty with the Sarah Jessica Are you Parker saying character. saying Richard
1: Ayoade is not handsome <gasps> and suave? No, I'm just <laughs> saying
0: he didn't come to my mind. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I went with Bill Pullman, who uh. oddly enough, was the President of the United <laughs> States on in Independence Day, yeah. so... <laughs> but I think he would have been really fun in this role. He can be... Like, he's not the first person you think of when you think of comedy, but he can be comedic. I've seen him do it. So, yeah, I would really like to have seen him in that role.
1: So, he gets demoted from Independence Day from president to, like, president's secretary or whatever he is Yeah, but, like, that guy's smarter. The the (laughs) professor guy. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I'm into it.
0: Okay. So, the last character that we're recasting uh, is called Natalie Lake, and that is the Sarah Jessica Parker TV host.
1: Yeah, so she's, like a pretty ditzy, floaty TV host of some big show um, at the time, I guess. And so she gets the first interview with somebody from the president's office yep. when the aliens land, and and she wants to, I don't know, she wants to, like, break the big news, and then aliens come and shoot up the set. Um, but she has this interaction with Donald Kessler, who's Pierce Brosnan's character, and they have a little romantic thing on the side going. Mm-hmm. But she's this, this floaty character who's just... She's not very smart, I don't think. She's <laughs> pretty airy um, and very vapid. Yeah. Um, so I went with a little bit of a different direction, but I went with Chris Hemsworth, Ugh. Um, yes. <laughs> mostly because of his role in the Ghostbusters movie from a few years ago, where he's this himbo uh, secretary of the Ghostbusters, and he's perfect for it. He's just yes. this like handsome, pretty boy who has nothing going on upstairs. I think he could be like. He has the the face and the look for like a tv host like a silly tv host yeah plus he gets his head or she would get her head cut off in the movie and put on a chihuahua's body <laughs> yes um, in the and then they have like a love moment connection with Pierce Brosnan's character at the end so i think like a richard Awadi, chris hemsworth Love Connection would be kind of awesome to see. Yeah. so I'm now shipping them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: I'm genuinely jealous of that pick. That is perfect. (laughs) Um, That's the
1: best part of the Ghostbusters movie, I think. Oh, yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, Her and Kate McKinnon. Like, their chemistry in that is amazing.
0: <laughs> so I went a little more, like, standard. I decided to cast someone... Actually, I, I wanted to cast someone who I thought would have great chemistry with Bill Pullman because they've got that flirtation going. And so I went with someone who he had actually started a romantic comedy with in the past, who is very funny, Sandra Bullock. Um, mm. So they had done While You Were Sleeping, I think the year before, in 1995. And I think she's... She's done a lot of drama, and that's what she gets her, you know, awards for. But she's very funny. She's so good in rom-coms. She's done a lot of rom-coms. Yeah, Yeah. but here's the thing. Like, I'm not a huge rom-com person. I will watch a Sandra Bullock rom-com because I know she will elevate it. So, yeah, so I thought she would be fun in that role. And she's such a good actor. She could absolutely, even though I don't think I've seen her play, like, a vapid, um, like, kind of ditzy character necessarily, I know she could do it well.
1: Yeah. I could see it yeah. yeah I think that's a good pick too yeah
0: um okay so those are the main casting choices did you I know
1: oh I had so many I cast I like was gonna everything. say yeah do
0: you want to mention a few more All right
1: um <laughs> Danny DeVito who's the rude gambler is Ken Jeong <laughs> easily okay. yeah uh, Martin Short who's like the president's assistant who's picking up prostitutes and taking them to the Kennedy room in the White House I put Andrew Fung in that role. I think he'd be really funny
0: okay, in that. Yeah. Um,
1: the Martian girl alien that he picks up is uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridges. Okay, yes. Um, I think would be really good. Yep. Natalie Portman, who plays the president's daughter, president First Lady's daughter. I put Zendaya in that role. <laughs> okay. And then Lucas Hawes, who plays... I forget the name. I think it's Richie. He's like yeah. this kid from a small town who... Figures out how to stop the aliens basically. I had him as Jasmine Savoy Brown, who's from like Scream and Yellow Jackets. Oh, okay. She's this new upcoming actress, but she plays these like quirky little roles. Oh, cool. Okay. So she was good. Um, I had a lot. Nice. Yeah. Pam Greer, you can't recast Pam Greer. That's impossible. No. Pam Greer is the best. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Tim Burton wanted Pam Greer so badly, he asked her to do the role and she. Oh, he asked her to come audition and um her dog was sick and so she was like no I'm not coming I'm not leaving my dog and he like kind of asked her like for a little while and like tried to get her to come and she wouldn't and he uh, ended up saying like to me her audition is the fact that she wouldn't leave her sick dog because this character will not leave her kids. She's like <laughs> totally protective and so yeah, that's how he ended up casting her because she's amazing. <laughs>
1: yeah. Also um, Ray J is in this movie? Yeah. As one of her kids, mm-hmm. um, really young Ray J, probably like 14 or something. Yeah. Um, but he has a pretty like, sizable role in the movie. Absolutely. Literally saves the president.
0: Bigger than Danny DeVito's <laughs> role. Yeah. <you know>? yeah. <laughs> I also did an extra recasting just because it came to mind. The Michael J. Fox character who is and this might be like uninspired casting because it was, he was playing Sarah Jessica Parker's boyfriend at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie. I thought Matthew Broderick would have been fun in that role.
1: Yeah. that would I have could see good. him in it. And he dies right away. So he doesn't yeah. have to do much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So this movie was really interesting. I found a handful of like, other actors that had been originally considered. So, I guess Warren Beatty was originally cast as President James Dale in the film. Initially, they weren't planning on having one person do both of those roles. Um, so, yeah, Warren Beatty was an originally cast as the president, and then Paul Newman was cast when Warren Beatty dropped out. Was um, this but
1: after or before Bullworth?
0: Oh, I don't know what year is I think, I think Bullworth it might have been after
1: because he went like he's not president in that Warren Beatty, oh. but he's like kind of. Oh, okay. He's just like top politician kind of role so he could have definitely done it
0: right yeah and then after paul newman dropped out he (laughs) he left the project over concerns about the violence (laughs) i mean it is violent for sure but it's like comedic violence it's It's so silly. silly yeah it's literally vaporizing people yeah yeah But I guess he had a bit of a problem with that. And then also uh, Jack Nicholson accepted the role in the film without reading the script because he had enjoyed working with Tim Burton on the Batman film and wanted to work with him again.
1: Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, Just let him do whatever he wants, basically.
0: And then did you want to mention...
1: Yeah, I I read a couple of things too. Did you hear about the Howard Stern thing on it? Yeah, so Howard Stern on his radio show claimed that in 82, so like many years before this movie came out, he had done like a radio show, written a radio show called Slim Whitman versus the Midget Aliens from Mars. And if you've seen Mars Attacks, I don't want to like spoil the ending, but (laughs) I will. They find out that this like yodeling music kills the aliens so they like play it really loud and it bursts all their heads kind of thing and that's actually slim whitman's song that they're playing in all these things and so howard stern has said that he like wrote this story that's almost identical to mars attacks like 20 years before and i think he had tim burton on his show and brought it up to him like i wrote this thing like way before and then tim burton said wow you should have sued me (laughs) yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i don't think he did but no that was didn't. pretty interesting but yeah i love that yeah. tim
0: burton actually said that <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and some more independence day stuff i saw that frank welker who's the guy who does all the alien voices in mars attacks mm-hmm. the Ack 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 voices yeah. he did the alien voices in independence day too yeah. so like there's weird overlaps of these movies coming out at the same time like something was in the air, in the water.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Speaking of the act, ack ack, like if you turn on the subtitle or like the closed captioning on the film, that is literally every time the aliens are talking, the closed captioning says act. ack ack. So I also saw that uh, for the role of Professor Kessler, Hugh Grant was considered too. Mm-hmm. I think he would have been good.
1: I had him up there too because I was okay. thinking like British... I don't know, people that could have played James Bond there you should go, replace yeah. somebody who played James Bond. <laughs> that that was like all my thoughts.
0: Yeah. Um, and then lastly, f- the role of the first lady, there were a handful of other people who had been considered at different points. One was Meryl Streep, who, of mm-hmm. course, mm-hmm. Um, then you have Diane Keaton, who I also think would have been great. And then Stockard Channing, who later on went on to play the first lady in the West Wing?
1: Yeah, West Wing. Yeah, yeah
0: and then i also
1: Also, johnny depp was supposed to be michael j fox
0: yeah i saw that one that's weird i don't
1: know if he turned it down or what happened but yeah maybe he was like he dies in the first five minutes and he was like no
0: yeah well i'm kind of glad he said no i don't think (laughs) he would have been good in that role so the other thing i wanted to mention was tim burton was told repeatedly that he could not kill Jack Nicholson's character in a film. So I guess this has been going on like for a long time. And this led to his decision to cast Nicholson in two roles in this film and then kill them both, <laughs> just to spite everyone who told him this.
1: <laughs> I kind of thought that, as I was watching it too, I was like, okay, they're not going to kill him as the president. Yeah. So then... That's why they gave him that second role. That's what that was my like thoughts before reading all this trivia stuff. Was like, oh, they put him in another role so they could kill him in that role. Yeah, but then they do both. They so, killed
0: both. Yeah. yeah, it was great. <laughs> you have your cake
1: and eat it too. <laughs>
0: And then just something that I thought was so funny. I, I didn't know. So um, Jack Black is in this movie. It's like one of his first roles. Uh, he plays a character called Billy Glenn. And so when he's saying good, he goes off to fight the Martians. Um, and so when he's saying goodbye to his grandma Florence, she's like, bye, Thomas. And he's like, no, my name's Billy Glenn. And she's like, okay, Thomas. Turns out Jack Black's first name is really Thomas.
1: Yeah, that's weird. I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love mean. you
1: Jack Black does sound like a stage name, but I never thought yeah. of it as a stage name. Right, yeah. Um, also, Christina Applegate is in this. Yes. For like 20 seconds.
0: Yeah, I couldn't believe it. The The number of people that you'll recognize in this movie is mind-blowing. Yeah. So that Grandma Florence character was played by Sylvia Sidney, who was also in Beetlejuice. I love her. She's so funny. She's so great. This, unfortunately, was her final film. Mm-hmm. But what a way to go.
1: <laughs> and Michael J. Fox. This was his last movie before... He took that huge hiatus. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Okay. So then let's go on to the ratings for this movie. On IMDb, uh, Metacritic, this got a 52% from 19 critics. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it's sitting at 56% from 86 reviewers. That's unfair. It's better than that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're probably looking at reviews from then too. And like I said, I mean, I was young but I would have rated it very poorly when I saw it (laughs) when I was a kid. Um, But now that I get it, it's way better. Yeah. That's why it's a cult. That's what makes cult movies. Exactly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, so we just have one final segment, and that is called – hopefully this works. Okay, I'm going to have to sing it myself. (laughs) Now it's time for our final segment, Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza, the segment where we cast Tony Danza into one of the roles in this movie. So, Adam, I'll let you, you go, want me first. To go first. Okay. Yeah.
1: I'm glad I was prepped for this because I don't know a lot about Tony Danza. Okay. I know he was on Who's the Boss <laughs> and Three's Company. No, he's on no, three's, three's Company. Yeah, <laughs> so I know very little about him. So looked him up. turns out he was a boxer mm-hmm. before he became an actor, And in the film, there's a character, Byron Williams, played by Jim Brown, Um, and he's like a guy at the casino who's like an ex-boxer who's like on his decline, and they've hired him to just be a guy at the casino who like looks cool and big in costumes. I think Tony Danza could have done that really well. I love it. And uh, he kind of saves the day a little bit by Mm -hmm. like rallying everyone Whoever survives from the casino side of things is because of Jim Brown.
0: Yeah. I will also spoil this for anybody who hasn't seen it. He sacrifices himself for the other people there. I love that. That's such a great role for Tony Danza. I cast him into one that I didn't realize also didn't have a name. (laughs) He is listed (laughs) as Richie's dad, and it's Joe Don Baker. So uh, it's Jack Black and Lucas Haas' father. He had a
1: pretty decent role That's yeah, yeah. weird that he didn't have a name
0: i know yeah but so he's kind of like like a schlubby very right leaning like he's a
1: little redneck yeah rednecky and living in like desert area nowhere yeah
0: yeah exactly and yeah. i don't think of tony danza in that way in any sh- way shape or form but i would love to see him play that role and stretch his uh, acting muscles a little bit i think he'd be really fun
1: i could see it yeah
0: yeah Fantastic. So that's it for Mars Attacks for this month. Next month, our movie will be Emma from 1996, starring Gwyneth Paltrow. We'll be recasting Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> um, so be Probably sure to tune in for that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thank you so much, everybody, for coming. We're ecstatic to be at the Calgary Expo yet again. And hope you have a good time and enjoy the rest of your time here.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs>
0: Thank you again to Adam Carestes for joining me at this live episode at the Calgary Expo. It was such a good time. You can find him online on Instagram at adam.dieselpower. And you can find Repodcasting on Instagram and Facebook at Repodcasting. Uh, the Twitter is still existing but uh, not active. So feel free to follow there, but there will very, very infrequently be any kind of updates or activity. Uh, but yeah, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to send any emails with suggestions for movies that we should cover or maybe your own recasting love getting those you can do that at repodcasting at gmail.com and again the next month's movie will be the 1996 version of Emma starring Gwyneth Paltrow and that can be found on Amazon Prime in Canada so watch it and recast along with us thanks so much see you next month